It might get loud. It might light a fire within you. It's all hands on deck. Now, for your listening pleasure, 94.9 News Now presents Mean Chet Martin, the Long Island redneck Brian Bro, and fearless C.V. Burton. This is Freedom on Deck. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Freedom on Deck on 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk. Mean Chet Martin here with you and the New Hampshire slash Long Island redneck himself, Mr. Brian Bro. Yeah, that's right. You said it. I said it. <laughs> I don't forget it. And C.V. Burton, C.V. Hey, Justin Castro Trudeau, if you think you could stop the truckers, bring it on because the uglier it looks, the worse for your regime. And the way I was saying it was supposed to be the fearless one, C.V. Burton. The proper well, we had... the the proper announcement. I just said C.V. Burton. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> I've got, you know what it is? I've got crack on my mind. Brian, did you get your crack pipe yet from the Biden administration? I didn't. Sadly, you didn't. I you know, I I've I've been waiting patiently like uh you know, waiting for my rich chocolatey ovaltine to come in the mail. <laughs> A stinking commercial. CV, did you get your uh crack pipe yet? I I got my free Joe Biden crack pipe and it came in oh. a little brown wrapper. Oh, wow. They really gave it to you. I'll tell you, man, it's been, um, for me, it's on back order. I, I don't know if you guys got yours or you ordered yours, but mine is coming, <laughs> coming in from China. Obviously, most things that Biden uh, br- brings into the country are coming from China. So I've been huffing paint just to get by. And uh, yeah, sometimes you have, to, you have to huff paint to be on this show, I'll tell you. Sometimes that's you better. <laughs> you better hope that yours doesn't come with a free Biden Hunter Biden. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, well that could he, he be just, it. He just shows up at your door. I I, I I hope you don't mind, but I used it. <laughs> well, at least I can tell tell you I found him. All right, so There's some sweet blue meth going around. Yeah. Well, anyway, aside from aside from the crack pipe jokes, uh, I want to talk about what's going on in Afghanistan right now. And just give you folks the numbers that of our withdrawal and the numbers that are continuing today and some of the uh, the transparency from this administration administration with this withdrawal couldn't be any worse. Okay, so that's first of all. In August, when we withdrew, we had that suicide bombing. Everybody remembers that. That was the first online of the Americans that died. We had 13 American service members that died from that suicide bomb, 170 Afghans outside of the Kabul airport. And don't forget, some of the Afghans that died were fighting with us. Many of them died were fighting on our side, okay? Um, and, of course, for political theater, Joe Biden told the world and told the country that we were going to go in and take them out, that these were pro-ISIS militants, pro-Al-Qaeda militants, and after Joe's comment, we conducted an airstrike killing 10 Afghans, seven of whom were children. Two were women. Okay, so that worked out really well. So they let that go by, and they kept uh, telling us that this was absolutely necessary to get the ISIS and caliphate affiliates that were located in these homes, which sometimes does happen, I, I, I can say all that, But the problem is, just this week, 
the Pentagon came out and said that this was this was a, a lone strike that happened on the airport. If it was a lone strike, then why would we conduct bombing uh, drills onto homes in Afghanistan? That doesn't make much sense. But of course, mainstream media, again, Brian, doesn't ask the questions. Now, it is important to remember that Donald J. Trump, his time in Afghan did not serve one American death. That's right. And now... We have this bumbling moron that's carrying the water for Barack Hussein Obama and playing for the other side, Brian, and it seems like it's only going to get worse from here. No, it's going to be worse. You know, it's funny that you say, you know, when you you describe it the way you describe it, because it it sounds a lot like um, um, uh, it was a video, right? Benghazi? Right. It was a movie or video, or a podcast. It was something, right? Yeah. <laughs> and they they always have an excuse, mm-hmm. uh, is the point. And you know, it's never the Democrats' fault. It's never their administration's fault. Biden is at the helm. It's not his fault. You know, you see what happened was there was this lone guy. We he was off our radar. We didn't know it, and he blew up half an airport. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Right. Um, no, it was our military screwed up, and um, we allowed these people to get in there, and then when they tried to take him out, they killed more people. Yeah, CV, this administration dropped it all, and uh, I know you want to talk about some some of the withdrawals that Trump was preparing to make and how he he would have gone about it. Well, also, I don't think it was our military necessarily that screwed up. It was I think the generals were trying to inform Biden what was going on. And Biden and the Biden regime just wanted to go barreling ahead anyway, because they saw that Trump's policy to leave Afghanistan was popular in the polls. And what they wanted to do was top that. They wanted to top that to make it look like make it look to Americans that Biden is the strong leader. But uh Biden's superiors, Barack O'Jarrett, had immense satisfaction surrendering to the Taliban because what's what is the what is the common denominator between the way they left Afghanistan and Benghazi and Syria? All three of them, they gave tons of weapons, our best weapons, Benghazi, uh, ground to air missiles and in Syria, all kinds of weapons. Why? Because they wanted to fuel the Islamic terrorism because they 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 support the caliphate. I Obama created ISIS, and they're trying to recreate it now after Trump destroyed them. Listen, here's the thing: they conduct these airstrikes after the fact, and you're absolutely right. We withdraw from Afghanistan. It's just like any of these other places that we've withdrawn from after creating war. It's a vacuum, and he, they could have stopped it by leaving some in the important areas. But when you're when you've got the the airport surrounded by people that are trying to bring the next caliphate on, then you got a big issue. So I agree with you 110%. This was a this was an action President Trump was not ready to make. Because if you remember, he went on with Sean Hannity that very week. And he said, look, we weren't ready. When I was in office, I would have loved to pull out of there because I wasn't for the war in the first place. And if you remember, he was not for that war. But he said, we weren't ready, Brian. We weren't. Yeah. <laughs> you know? 
And uh, yeah, listen, when, when you look back at, at the whole picture, right? I mean, with ISIS and the whole nine yards, Trump took him out. Now here we are with Biden and the Middle East is in utter chaos right now. You know, I mean, and, and we've heard nothing about, you know, um, about Syria, Right. Nothing. Everything. All of it is just kind of like swept under the rug. But then then Biden comes in and Afghanistan is just a mess. And they and you want to know something else that that is interesting when when the Taliban was running through Afghanistan and they were all reporting on it and all all, and all that nonsense. You don't hear anything about that anymore. No, you don't. Because you want to know why? The Taliban is in complete control of that country. Absolutely, not only and when, they and they don't want to admit it. And, and CV, you you mentioned, and both you and Brian mentioned the uh, kick-ass job that Trump did with ISIS. Do you see now? There's like three different ISIS groups. There's like other ISIS groups that have other names. It's like, how can this thing get any worse over there? Well, it's like that Exorcist movie where the priest said to uh, the main Exorcist guy. Uh, it seems like she has like uh, four different personalities, and I can name them. And he goes, "No, there's just one. They're all. It's all just Islamic terrorism. They can right, go by right, many right, different right. names if they yeah. want." But I think the reason why the Democrats and also the, the globalist uh, regime under Bush want to create chaos in the Middle East is so that they can have an excuse to bring refugees over and flood America and marginalize. Uh, you know, uh, people who were born here and uh, replace us with uh, third world people to uh, vote Democrat and keep them in power. That's the goal, even though they can cheat anyway. So, and, but listen, guys, we're coming back. So, second topic there was a Trump supporter that was killed on the 6th of January, and uh, not a lot's been said about it. We're going to get into it. The police beat a human to death that day, and you didn't hear anything because it was a Trump And um, we'll be back. We've got great guests, Alveda King, too, on the show, and many more. Don't go anywhere. 94.9 News Now and Stimulus. News Now and Stimulating Talk. I meant to mention the uh, sources from the numbers that I gave out early in the last segment for Afghanistan. That all came from, mostly from the Daily Wire, okay? You can find it right there. All you have to do is type in numbers or Biden's Afghan pullout on Daily Wire. It's also through the National Review, 
WND and the Daily Caller. So, uh, pretty, you know, the, I think those are all pretty good sources. So, and also we have Alveda King coming by. I know you knew that. Reggie Littlejohn, president of Women with, Women's Rights Without Frontiers. And, and at the very end of the program, we're going to be talking about Jesus with Swoop and with the guys. And the question that I posed when I called in to Lee Elsie with Gordon and Christine on the line as well. And the question, Brian, was what would we do if Jesus returned today? So I think it's going to be a pretty good discussion. I kind of want to go in the way of, uh, you know, kind of the same situation in today's time. So I think that'll be interesting to check that out. All right. So let's get into this because it's the first I read of it. You guys knew a little bit more about it than I did. Um, There's a conclusion reporting coming from correspondence in the MPD's Internal Affairs and person who filled a police brutality complaint, an internal investigation of Metropolitan Police Department reportedly found there was a beating of an unconscious Trump supporter by an officer during the January 6th Capitol riot. And they deemed it as objectively responsible. So the cop obviously is a a Democrat. Uh, The probe was conducted by the Washington, D.C. Police Force Bureau of Internal Affairs and concluded Roseanne Boyland of Kennesaw, Georgia, was already unconscious when an officer struck her with a steel baton and a large wooden stick during the chaos that occurred January 6th of 2021. According to a report from the Epoch Times, Video of the incident shows Boylan, 34, was trapped under a pile of protesters who were attempting to flee out of the West Terrace Tunnel in the U.S. Capitol when law enforcement deployed gas to control the crowd. Witnesses to the scene say Boylan fell unconscious after being crushed under the weight of all the protesters and for a time stopped breathing. Video uh, footage reportedly taken after Boylan felt Unconscious shows D.C. Metro Police Officer Lila Morris beating Boyland with a steel baton and what appeared to be a wooden walking stick. Morris can be seen on body cam footage picking up either a walking stick or a tree branch raising the object over her head and striking Boyland several times in quick succession before being pulled back by other officers. All right, Brian, I'll come. Obviously, this Boyland is dead. Um, and this was, of course, it did happen during some chaos, but the, the biggest thing for me there is this was a woman that was trapped under all these protesters and the cops come in, they don't try to help her. They, they, they beat her. Like what the hell is going on here? Well, I mean, it's, uh, it's September. I mean, it's, uh, January 6th. So what do you think's going on? Yeah, I know it's going it on. was okay. It was okay to shoot an unarmed woman, you know, that was trying to stop people from doing stupid things. Uh, Ashley Babbitt, and she's dead. Um, you have this woman who was beaten to death. Um, so you know, when it comes to the DC Metro Police, I mean, you know, Capitol Police, they can do whatever they want. You know, um, they have the full backing of 
the Democrat Party. And I believe it was Nancy Pelosi who was um, uh, allegedly said, just shoot the bastards. Yeah. yeah. Remember that? I know. She did. Yeah. And Graham, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, TV, you probably knew about the a little more about this story than I did. And um, both you guys were up there. This is like, you know, these are... These are people exercising their First Amendment rights. And obviously, if there's carnage there and people are running around, it can get a little crazy. But you can't just run in and start beating a woman that's on the ground. It's ridiculous. I I like how these narratives tend to evolve by themselves. It's like, because I saw the video. I didn't see her getting trampled by protesters. I saw them just beating her over the head until she was on the ground. Okay. And then... So now you have the the Washington, D.C. Police Forces Bureau of Internal Affairs investigated and found that it was objective, objectively reasonable. Yes. Okay, got it. It's always so convenient when a department of a department gets to investigate the department it's the department of. Well, I've investigated it and I find you all guilty of sin. And I wish I could put you all under citizen's arrest. How do you like that, you mother... Yeah. Oh, easy does it there, Tonto. All right. Yeah. There's. A... <laughs> well, look, look. I haven't watched a video. I'm gonna have to do that, obviously, uh, because I want to see what happened, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that what TV just described is the truth, and and you know, it's the same thing that it happens inside the Washington D.C. Uh, hallowed halls. As long as you're on the right side of everything, do what you want. Why not? I mean, hey. You want to kill a protester? They got a Trump hat on? Kill him. You want to do that? Fine. We'll give you a uh, gold star. We'll tell you, you know, we'll give you a nice little raise, maybe a new position for the police force. We'll give you some, uh, you know, some under-the-table things. And But if you're a Trump supporter and you show up and you protest the election results, you know, and I'm getting so sick and tired of hearing this crap day in and day out. Every week... We find out something on this show about how they cheated. And everybody still throws back, oh, it's the big lie from the Trump supporter. They can't take it. They can't take the fact that he lost. And every time I call in to Lee, when we're having a bit of a discussion, maybe Boutlier or somebody else is on, I say 14 million to 16 million more votes for the incumbent president, which was more than any Republican in my lifetime. And that doofus that sat in a basement and let everybody do the talking for him that never got in front of the public, and still doesn't, by the way, who never got to a rally where there was more than, like, 12 people at, never really stomped around, never went door to door. This guy got the most votes of all time, Brian. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's an embarrassment that people actually believe that. It's pathetic. Oh, my gosh. Listen, two two years into 15 <sighs> days to slow the spread, and these people still believe there was no voter fraud. You're an idiot if you think that there was no voter fraud. I'm yep. sorry to say it that way, but that's point blank. There was corruption and fraud at the highest levels. You even, you know, I, I think I mentioned this to you before the show. You even have things that are getting investigated right now by the FBI, like the, the COVID-19 numbers being inflated, yeah. which I, I find funny because I don't think that anything's going to come of it. But that's that's the reality, folks. 
There was corruption. There was fraud in our elections. You were duped about COVID. You were duped about the election, and you're duped about a lot of other things. And the sad part is we had economic growth. We did have COVID getting response from this administration. It's ridiculous, but the Trump administration, CV, was ahead of the curve, and I think they did a pretty good job. We got about uh, 30 seconds, so you got anything? One quick thing, one quick yeah, thing about Roseanne, yep. one quick thing about Roseanne Boylan. Uh, the coroner says claims that she died of an overdose of Adderall, mm. which she had been on for decades. Mm. And yeah, it's just a coincidence that she OD'd exactly at the moment they were beating her unconscious over the head with batons and sticks. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. That makes so much sense. It's not even funny. All right, listen, we've got uh, Alveda King actually on the line now. She's going to come back in. We're talking about her article she had written up in the Washington Times. Don't worry, Monday. Freedom on Deck, 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk, Fox News Radio. Listen, we got some great guests on the program today, and this one is, is a big one for me. I've had her on the program before, but on the line with us right now is pastor, activist, author, former state rep for the 26th District of Georgia, and in welcoming Alveda King to the program. Mrs. King, thank you. It's always an honor to have you on the show. I was just reading your article from Monday, February 7th, that's this week in the Washington Times, titled, As Supreme Court Overturned, Separate But Equal Must Also Overturn Roe v. Wade. You provide such clarity for defending the rights of the unborn and giving a great insight to the chance to overturn Roe v. Wade. Do you think that that's a possibility? Let me put it this way, and a, and a lot of you all, you may know my birthday was a few weeks ago now, and I'm 71 years old. Happy birthday. Thank you. And as you ask that question, with me as a black woman living in the 20s, 21st century, 2022, we've got to deal with human dignity from the womb to the tomb, regardless of skin color. We've got to deal with human dignity. And that's the babies in the womb, once the babies are born, the poor, the rich, the elderly, the veterans, everybody. Human dignity. Now, if we get it right here in America, then it can go around the world, but we need to do America first. I'm at America First Policy Institute. A lot of people may not know that. But why do we want to get it right here first? So that other people can be inspired. Oh, and you know, all this stuff, uh, you didn't ask me about this, but critical race theory is racist. It's a lot. Critical race theory says that there's one race of humans that's superior to another. That's racism. That's a lie. There's one human race, one blood. And we have to do what Martin Luther King Jr. said. We must learn to live together as brothers and sisters. I added sisters, of course. He didn't say sisters at the time. 
or perish together as fools. So we have the weakest and most vulnerable human is a baby in the womb. That's the weakest and most vulnerable human being. Alveda King on the line with us. Uh, the statement you said, this is the thing, though, the Democrats and a lot of their supporters, and I've heard Miss AOC say it many a time, this is a woman's rights issue. They never give any credence to the life that's in the womb. They they really, I don't, I, I don't, I know that they, uh, they have bad clarity here, and she's a young woman, so who knows if maybe she'll go in a di- different direction eventually, but... Uh, it feels like they don't re- really consider this a human that's in the womb. Why is that? Now, listen, you, you might want to pivot off of this because I'm going to start with this response because this is in the news right now. Sure. The, the current administration, I'm not going political. I'm just saying President Biden wants to give free crack cocaine pipes to crack addicts. I know. And he wants to give, keep giving cheap abortions up to the babies when the babies are born. And he said that it's helping women and it's helping the crack addicts. Let them still take the crack addict, but give them a pipe so maybe they don't get as much disease. Or to the woman who's pregnant, kill your baby and that's going to make you feel better. No, it's not. It never. You know, even when they say it makes them feel better, because I had two abortions and I used to say that mm. until I just really started telling the truth. I was in pain. I was sad. I didn't say that. I, oh, I was smiling, grinning. I didn't know you had two abortions. I had two abortions and a miscarriage because my body was damaged from the abortions. And that's happened. And I've heard a friend of, you know, in in high school, a high school friend of mine, same thing. She had an abortion. And to this day, she can't have children. I was able to because the Lord, you know what? I had had two abortions and my body was damaged and all that. And I went to some different doctors because they were trying to tell me to get a hysterectomy and all that. Mm -hmm. They tried to get me to get a hysterectomy before my first living child was born. And when I say they, it wasn't skin color or racism or white people and all of that. It was just people who do not value life from the womb to the tomb, people of all colors. Yeah. And I didn't do it after those two, because my grandfather, I'm backtracking, but please give me just a minute. No, that's fine. That's fine. 1950, my mom got pregnant with me, she and daddy. And they were in college, so they didn't want the baby. It was, abortion was illegal. They were just going to get a DNC. Mother was. Daddy didn't agree with it. Yeah. So the, they went to, she and her mother and my daddy, and they all went to Martin Luther King Sr., the pastor of the church at the time, who was going to be mama's father-in-law. He said, you can't abort that baby. That's an abortion. He said, I saw her in a dream three years ago. She has bright skin and right, bright red hair. She's going to bless many people. Prophetic ultrasounds. So mama agreed. She kept the baby. They got married before I was born. Shotgun wedding. So then all these years later, I had had two secret abortions, one legal and one illegal. Because it wasn't legal when I had first. Wasn't back alley. It was done in the doctor's office. And so, and then my body was damaged during those processes. And I was going to abort. I had one living baby. I was going to abort my next baby. That would have been my fifth pregnancy. One, yeah. And granddaddy say, you can't abort my great-grandchild. That's my legacy. Now, this is Martin Luther King Sr. And then the father either needs to take accountability and be involved in making the decision as well. You know what? You, you a gentleman on the phone. Yes, ma'am. People ask this question all the time. Mm-hmm. Okay. A woman wants to abort a baby. Mm-hmm. The daddy doesn't have anything to say. But yeah. now, if yeah. she's pregnant and has the baby, 
she could put him in jail if he doesn't pay for the baby. That's so why right. can't he have something to say about the baby? Yeah, and you know I've asked that before, and and, and I I know where you're going with this. The, the men mm-hmm. the men should at least be you know, and if they're not involved, that's a problem that we deal with too, especially a different problem. That's another, but a lot of these men don't want their children aborted. I know. And well, I that's know. the thing, though, and the thing is, you know, and, and Miss King, a lot of the time they don't even know. Listen, write this down. YG, Nightstorm, N Y G H T S T O R M. Look up his history. Okay. He and the mother of twins, his, from his life, she was mad with him. So she said, I know the best way to hurt you is to abort these twins. And she did it. Oh, my God. He begged her not to abort those twins. And she did it anyway because she was mad with him. With overturning now, Roe v. Wade, Miss King, do we have a Supreme Court that's in place that that could make this fight? Do you believe that they're the right people? Please excuse me as I answer this this way. Mm-hmm. I don't give a lot of time thinking mm. about numbers and being County. That is important, but that I don't feel qualified to okay. answer those kind of questions because I'm spending my time praying yes. to God in his kingdom in heaven. Yes, ma'am. Please help us. And I'm like, and again, I'm not going political because I pray for president. I'm writing him Biden now. Dear president. I know you do. I know you do. I'm writing him a letter right now. I'm praying for him. But we have a president right now that wants to give out free crack cocaine pipes and cheap abortions to black people. Something is wrong with that. So I'm like, God, help. So I have to spend my time not being kind of let the experts because there are some experts. Yes. But I'm not an expert in that. I am praying. You know, the spiritual uh, end of it that you really are in and and um, really your expertise on that, you're a pastor, you deal with this. Uh, with, with I'm young, an evangelist. I'm a Christian evangelist. Mrs. Yeah. Evangelist. And then, you know, the, the in the black community, this is an issue that is separate. It's different from what you have happening in the suburbs. And they put the Planet Parenthood... Uh, uh, mm-hmm. offices in the black community for these reasons how do you reach out to young black women and tell them there's another way you know that's exactly what i say and i really without quoting the bible chapter and verse god told me a while back tell them they don't have to live like that there's a more excellent way mm. and so i just look at people men and women boys and girls y'all don't really have to do that there's a more excellent way well what way because y'all don't care about me, you just don't want me to abort this baby. You what about me? I said, there's more some ways for you. And uh I was talking to my goddaughter. I don't know if you've ever heard of her, Angela Stanton King. Yes, ma'am. Okay, so yes. I said, Angela, how many babies have you saved now? I said, it's over a hundred. She said, I don't know. I said it's probably more than that if people follow your blogs and listen to your testimony. Mm. So I have a lot of godchildren. Now she has then my god grandbabies now because she's got godchildren. So when we tell people there's a more excellent way. It's a beautiful message you have, Miss King. Um, I want you to put this site out. I want to thank you for your, your personal story there. It took, me, it took us on a different direction, but I think it's important that people know exactly what you've been through and how this mm-hmm. has affected you and your, and, uh, and your faith, too, and your faith in, in, in fighting for the, uh, the innocent inside the womb. In the war, I have repented. God has forgiven me. God uses this voice. It's he is not mine. So that's uh, true. So, that's why I'm so glad to be on your show. 
to be honest and be transparent that people, there is a more excellent way to live. I just put the site out so everybody can go out check out everything that you, you have for them to offer. Alvedaking.com, and you can find everything about me, well, many things about me at alvedaking.com. Everybody, that was the wonderful Miss Alveda King. Freedom on Deck 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk Fox News. Don't go anywhere. I'm never going to get out of this prison, baby. Over the wall. Yeah. All right, everybody, welcome back to Freedom on Deck 949 News Now and Stimulating Talk this week. Article we were talking about with Alveda should be up. Uh, she's actually letting us put some of her pieces up on the site along with Julio Rivera, Alex Newman, Dan Watts. Um, I think we put Lee back up, but he's been staying away from writing. So, and I've kind of given up on it too. It just wasn't. It wasn't working out for me. But um, I liked your stuff. <laughs> it's like the same message every week, though. <laughs> I was always bitching nah. about the election and 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 putting Trump back in. But this is, um, it's good to have Alveda. She's a, a real brave woman. And her story just there, guys. She had abortions at a young age there. And she let everybody know on our program, which was kind of wild. That's how that uh, discussion kept going. And uh, her, her repentance and her turning over to God. That woman has saved a lot of unborn ba- babies that were going to be put down. That woman saved many, many a life. And uh, quite, a, quite a great evangelist, too, might I say. All right, so this is a story coming out of the New American Magazine. Democrats are slamming a bill that prohibits teaching five-year-olds about the LBTQ movement, all right? It was a taking to other people, and we're talking about these children getting basically the teachings of what LGBT is. They're getting the drag time story hours and other... Uh, ways like that, Brian. This is this is psychotic. What's going on throughout the country needs to be challenged in a way. And it was Joe Biden and his handlers calling this bill hateful. And they went through on with Twitter. Um, the bill. I'm trying to find the name of the bill right now. Uh, it would. It basically what it is in Florida. There's a bill that would limit children's exposure in school to conversations about gender, sexual orientation, and all that kind of stuff. And there's here's the the bill is the legislation HB 1557. Sorry, guys, it took me a minute to find that. Passed by the Florida House GOP-controlled Education Employment Committee last month, and more recently by the state's Senate Education Committee has been almost universally and demagogically dubbed the Don't Say Gay Bill by mainstream media. Yeah, that's really nice, man. And they give you all the uh, all the writings on that bill right here. If you want to look through it, it's in uh, the New American magazine. You can just you can email us if you want it that bad. Um, Brian, so the Democrats are obviously upset that five-year-olds can't talk about sex with the teachers. Isn't that what this comes down to? It's sick. Well, well that's the thing that, uh, you know, is... 
so ridiculous to me because, you know, it, it health, it used to be about, you know, educating children about their own bodies. And then once you got into middle school, high school, you know, you started learning reproduction and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, today, you know, I don't understand what the importance of telling a five-year-old about somebody's sexual preferences are. Who cares? What That five-year-old doesn't even know, know what you're talking about. You know what I mean? They're the little kids. They just want to go play and, right. you know, and go out on the playground and, and play with their friends. And Brian, uh, Brian no I think it really comes to they just want to sexualize our children. Well, yeah, well, yeah. Did you see the new Alice in, uh, Alice's uh, Wonderland bakery on Disney with the pedo symbols all over the place? Oh, God, really? Yeah, dude. Right on her, right on her bow on her hat is the swirl symbol for freaking oh, pedophilia and stuff. Yeah. yeah, dude, it's it's really twisted. And people, people, people are like, no, no, that's not what that means. Just to, you know, I mean, they take symbols and they just do things. And it's like, no, it's dis, it's Disney. Trust me, they are sexualizing your children. And yes, that is what it means. It's pedophilia. Yeah. And you know, and it's just, and it's so rampant today, and it's disgusting. Parents should be going down to these school boards and they should be making claims against their surety bonds. All of these all of these uh, school boards make claims against these people, their school board members, uh, the the school board um, committees make claims against their surety bonds. They have to pay forty thousand dollar deductible per claim. Yes. How about that? Yeah, I, I bet I, you they'll pipe up then, won't they? CV, um, you you also say that uh, you don't want teaching teaching for the children with sex at all, and it, it, this story really right. is what you're talking about. You know, this should this should not be allowed in public schools at all. Exactly. You know what I'm going to say before I even say it. But I, I also want to comment on Walt Disney. Walt Disney would be rolling over in his grave if he saw what his great company had turned into. But um, the the proponents of this early sex education and indoctrination which is designed to kick the legs out from under the family unit, let's be honest. Oh, yeah. They're calling the bill the don't say gay bill and coloring it hateful. No, it's not about don't. It's about do. Do educate our kids the way you were sent there to do. Sex education is not in your purview. Everyone should demand separation of sex and state, just like separation of state and religion. Sex does not belong in school. In fact... It doesn't need to be taught at all. When kids reach puberty, believe me, they can figure it out fine just by themselves. And the, our society is overly sexualized as it is. Right. You can't escape it. It's in our entertainment. It's in Walt Disney. It's in it's in your TV, your computer, your phone. Uh, so we, we certainly don't need public schools telling our children how to think exactly. about different orientation what Brian said is, you know, teach the science of reproduction. That makes sense because that's what sex is for, reproduction. It's not for playing games. The only thing that should be said to these children that even goes in that direction is if someone touches you like that, you tell your parents, you tell the police, you tell your teachers. Now you don't even know if you want to tell your teachers. You know, this is like crazy, man. And that's the only thing. These, these children are being brainwashed. They really yeah. are, because a lot of these psychopaths that are hired in the public schools, Brian, come in, 
and they give them their opinion as the written verse and that this is how we are and you might be gay, you might be bi, your name might be Timmy, your name might be Tammy, you might have to feel this way one day, you might feel that way. And I think what CV said is, is absolutely correct. Kids have an intuition. They go through these things themselves and figure it out when they get older. They are not doing that when they're five, six, seven, eight, maybe nine. You're getting into that area now. They don't, but they're just brainwashing these kids, man. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And, you know, and it just goes to show you how uh, corrupt our education system is and how they're ramming it down our throats. And, you know, it's sad that it got to this point before people are actually starting to wake up. But I think people are starting to wake up. Um, You see in Chicago, did you see in Chicago where they voted in the uh, totally conservative school board? No. (laughs) Yeah, the the, uh, the school district uh, board of education is all conservative conservative and all the teachers were up in arms that it was like totally conservative and that they were going to like turn things around and they all called in sick 1200 teachers and it's this it's the same they should have fired them all they weren't (laughs) teaching anyway they weren't teaching anyway cv it's the same voices pushing crt that are pushing our children off the legend to sexuality and you know what it evol- what it uh, evolves into is young girls in college who are depressed, you know, and they're they're all looking at their their sexuality and deciding that they were born in the wrong bodies, and that they're becoming uh, ch- uh, surgically changed into boys at a young age. It's an epidemic in 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 the college age group, and uh, it's really sick. And they're, and, and they're being talked into it by their psychiatrist. Well, I've got to look up. Uh, it's, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, Brian. There was a public school that came under fire because uh, they were finding out ways to get children these hormone drugs. These children were like 12, you know. And it's like, you know, we send our kids. And I, I was shocked by it because you would say, whoa, wait a second. The teachers are doing it? Yes. It's, it's really crazy, man. Yeah, yeah. Listen, you, you, these teachers are out of control. They're not teachers. You had that teacher on Long Island who gave that young man uh, uh, the vaccine. Remember that? Yeah. You know, like yes. a, a month or two ago. Yeah. I mean, these Franco. teachers. Yeah. Yep. These teachers think think that they are a, superior to you. They are like they are well above your authority as a parent. Brian, you got to wrap it up, man. Let's, let's rip-wrap it up. Okay, we got Reggie Littlejohn on the line, president of Women's Rights Without Frontiers. Don't go anywhere. This is FOD 94.9 News Down. See you later. What's the matter with you?
back to Fremont Deck on 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk. On the line with us right now is one of the great regulars to the program. It's the co-chairperson from Women's Rights Without Frontiers, Miss Reggie Littlejohn. Reggie, thank you for coming back on the program with me. There is so much to talk about right now. The biggest thing I want to get into is the genocide games. They're all in full swing, but so is the hashtag I will not watch campaign against the Winter Olympics. His site to visit is genocidegames.org. And you're a part of all this, Reggie. What, do you, what is your main issue with our positioning as the United State, States and attending these games and uh, promoting these games and putting them on TV? Obviously, the uh, idea is to stop watching it. But the other idea is not to allow this to happen again, I would think. Well, that's right, Chet. Okay, so last May, I testified at the U.S. Congress saying that we should move the games. And last May, we could have moved the games. And at this point, the games are about half over. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're left in a situation of Nancy Pelosi having called for a diplomatic boycott, which all that means is that the senior officials for the U.S. government will not attend there aren't that many co- countries that even joined in the diplomatic boycott. So there's Australia, there's United Kingdom, there's Canada, there's a couple others. The main, the most of the world did not even do the hand slap of the diplomatic boycott. So the message that sends to Beijing is you can do whatever you want. You can rape and torture and commit, you know, genocide against the Uyghurs. You can, eliminate 400 million lives through the one-child policy. You can detain uh, journalists. You can do religious persecution and and rip down uh, churches and uh, imprison pastors. You can forcibly harvest people's organs. We don't care. We're not even going to do diplomatic boycott. We're just going to pretend like none of this happened. And so what that does to the Chinese Communist Party, I am very afraid, is that it's going to embolden them. Mm. So after these games, they will be even worse than they were before. And I am concerned that they might even do something like invade Taiwan. I think they've been getting directed to do that by this administration. It's uh, it's almost maddening to hear this stuff. And I, I, I see with these countries... What you just said, uh, it's basically giving them an excuse. Is this because of the fear of what the CCP can do? Or is this just um, the state of the world right now? Well, it's it's both. Okay, so it's it, the, the CCP carries the carrot and the stick. So the carrot is financial incentives, and the stick is fear of what they're, what they might do if you don't go along with them. And in terms of the financial incentives, you know, I'm not an expert on this. There are others who, who know all of this chapter and verse. But not only are U.S. Con- uh, companies, but companies from all over the world are absolutely doing business in China, dependent on China for their su- supply chain, investing in China. And for this reason, they, they don't want to um, challenge China. And, and they're pressuring the governments to, to, to not take a stand. So, so here's where we are right now. Co-chairperson from Women's Rights Without Frontiers, Reggie Littlejohn. Also go check out genocidegames.org. You know, I went on the site, Reggie. I've been on the site a few times, and it's, a, it's a very well presented. And I'm glad to see that you're acknowledging 
a lot of the folks out there in the public eye that are against what's going on right now with the Olympics. So there are people out there with voices that are boycotting already. Unfortunately, the mainstream media, including Fox News, although we are under their umbrella, I will I will come out against them. They have not stood up against this, and it's pathetic. But, uh, Reggie, we need more voices out there, but they're not getting the coverage. That's right. So I thank you for giving this the coverage. However, so... By the way, I'm the founder and president of Women's Rights Without Frontiers, but I'm the co-chairman of the, oh, I'm the sorry. Um, I'm Genocide sorry. Games. That's all right. I mean, so I worked hard on that. So. Yes, <laughs> I, I know, I know. Right. And I had right. that. I just mixed it up. I'm sorry. Okay, that's, that's not a problem. So, so let's talk about um, the Genocide Games. So our government is not taking the stand that it needs to take to, to completely boycott the games or to move them. So we have been running this hashtag on Twitter called Genocide Games, and I will not watch. And this is the good news, which is that the opening ceremonies of these Genocide Games was the worst it's been in I don't know how long. It was a 43% drop good. from what it was uh, for one, from one of the recent Olympics. And it's remained low. I mean, people are just not watching this game, these games. And the, and the hashtag Genocide Games, which... Um, my organization came up with, and our, our website is genocidegames.org. Are you know that that is trending on Twitter, and also this is a way at getting at the sponsors who are we're hoping to make a lot of money off of these games. You know, they sponsor the games, thinking that they're going to get this tremendous visibility during the games as sponsors. You know, with their names on the side of the ice skating rink and all of that, and people not watching. So hopefully, they will be learning a lesson that they're going to lose money by sponsoring games that are taking place in a country that is committing genocide. I saw one of the players on the Boston Celtics. Uh, you linked it up. It's on uh, genocidegames.org and some of the comments that he made about, uh, you know, not supporting these games. And it's interesting to me. We have some athletes that are standing up against this, and then you have Nancy Pelosi doubling down and saying, listen, don't push back against the CCP guys. I mean, and then the Biden administration puts over this half-handed apology and says that athletes should speak out, yet they don't give them any coverage. So it's right. just a bunch of uh, it's just a bunch of feed, feed uh, for the news organizations, basically, but no coverage. Well, see, this is the thing. Nancy Pelosi, in my opinion, is just trying to have her cake and eat it, too. She wants to appear like she really cares about human rights. So she says all the right things. Like she said, um, if we do not speak out against human rights violations in China because of commercial interests, we lose all more authority to speak out against human rights violations anywhere. Okay, so she's saying that. But at the same time, last May, when... We, you know, when I was saying, let's, let's delay the games, let's move them, mm -hmm. she opposed that. She said, let's just do a diplomatic boycott. And then it's interesting because she tells the athletes not to speak out. Okay, she says that she, she's saying that for their safety, and I would agree with that. I mean, you know, they are ruthless, like she said, and I would not encourage anybody in China, uh, an athlete, to speak out. Because then we shouldn't be there. Exactly. <laughs> exactly, Chet. So, so, that, so, 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 and it, it works out well for the Chinese Communist Party because they're getting what they want, which is having a bunch of athletes just doing their thing um, and generating an income for them because everybody wants to watch these brilliant athletes and not saying a word 
against human rights in China. And the, the, all the Democrats and, uh, and some Republicans and Nancy Pelosi and this administration do is provide lip service. They don't make any real stand. They'll say some things that sound good, but when it comes down to it, it's, listen, don't say anything while you're over there. Attend the game. Support all the countries, including China. Don't say anything about Taiwan. Don't say anything about the genocide in China. And just be good. That's their message. Right. So, so, like, in this same speech, she said, basically... So what we need to do is, you know, we're doing a diplomatic boycott of the game, so we need to cheer on our athletes from afar. How do you cheer on your athlete by afar? You cheer them on by watching the games. So she's basically encouraging people mm-hmm. to watch the games. So bottom line, she, she opposed the full boycott. She opposed moving the games. She's telling the athletes not to speak out, and she's telling the American public and the world to watch. So how in, in in what world is she holding the Chinese Communist Party accountable other than just giving lip service to human rights? It's all those offshore accounts she has. Uh, oh, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> Reggie, we are running up against it, so we got a little while to go. I want you to be able to tell everybody where they go to check you out and uh, to check all the sites out wh- wh- where they can look at what we were talking about just now. Okay, so f- number one, Go to Twitter and just follow me on Twitter. So my Twitter Twitter is, you know, Reggie Littlejohn. It's not hard to find. And then you can retweet the things that I tweet where I say I will not watch the genocide games and all that. I'm tweeting out stuff like that. And if people would retweet that, that would help us continue to build the movement to not watch the games. My website is womensrightswithoutfrontiers.org. That's womensrightswithoutfrontiers.org. And then the other website that we've been mentioning is genocidegames.org. So those are my websites. And there's a lot of good stuff uh, up on genocidegames.org. It really gives you a lot of information. And uh, I applaud you. You're doing God's work. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Chad. I hope so. And I applaud you, too. Thank you very much. Come back to Freedom on Deck 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk, Fox News. Welcome back to Freedom on Deck, 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk. Listen, man, we've got a lot going on in this country lately, but some of the stuff that we go on with this show, it it makes you scratch your head and it makes you question everything, and, and that's basically what we're trying to do here. We're talking about a... A woman who calls herself Genocide Barbie. Have you guys seen this one yet? So, this is a U.S.-born free skier who went and skied for China, okay? She calls herself an ally of Black Lives Matter, and she remained silent on China's genocide. So, I, I guess she was asked. We'll find out here. I just thought that the name was so bizarre 
But here goes into the article from Breitbart News. After shunning her native country and choosing to compete for China, many have questioned U.S.-born Olympic free skier Elaine Gu's true allegiances. However, there is one group that Gu proudly associates with, Black Lives Matter. Okay, Uh, here's a quote from her. I remember at the beginning of the pandemic, I was with my grandma at a Walgreens in San Francisco, and this haphazard, haggard man runs in screaming profanities about Asian people and how they were bringing the virus in and how it was super dangerous. I don't think I've ever felt like that before in my entire life. This was in San Francisco. It's supposed to be the liberal bubble. Yeah, that's the problem, though, lady, I'll tell you. And uh, she says, which is the most liberal state? That's the problem, too. And it's the most liberal country in the world. That's uh, not really true, but okay. This This was a danger. I grabbed my grandma. We ran out. I was so scared. That moment was definitely a reset because I realized how close... It hit home for me that anybody can be affected just because of the way they look or their cultural cultural heritage. Oh, please. Through an explaining a rash of violence directed against Asians, Gudru paralyzed the Black Lives Matter movement by describing it as a highlighted highlight to inequality. So it it keeps going on. She, okay, so she was asked about China and she had no no comment about the genocide, obviously. She's an American-born athlete. Her, you know, her heritage, she's China, She's a Chinese-American. She went to play for China. So, of course, somebody asked her about the genocide, and she had nothing to say. But, but she had all this to say about Black Lives Matter. I'll come to you, Brian. But first, I just, just want to point out, um, it's, it's liberal cities and counties and states, madame, Mrs. Genocide, that are having these issues for that very reason. As a matter of fact, I can pull you out about 30 to 40 newsprints from this year in the New York Post that'll show you that we have record attacks on Asian Americans in Queens, Brooklyn, and other boroughs. And guess what? None of them are done by Trump-wearing hats. None of them are done by, I'm just going to say it, Caucasians. It's all young black men that are doing that. Now, are these young black men supporters of Black Lives Matter? Well, maybe, Miss Miss Goo, maybe you should go and find out yourself. Why don't you walk through Queens? Why don't you walk through Brooklyn where these attacks are happening? Better yet, go stand on the uh, the platforms at the um, inside by the trains. Why don't you give that a shot? Maybe somebody will push you on the tracks and you'll save us some time. I'll tell you, Brian... This is the truth. The truth and reality of what this woman said is true, but it's on the other foot, and she's stupid if she thinks that that's not the reality. Well, you know, what's funny is how, you know, all these ones who are woke, you know, they, they, they're they self-hating whites or self-hating Asians or whatever, you know, for the cause, you know, because that's the liberal way, you know, fall on the sword, so to speak. And or it's just plain ignorance to her to to the atrocities that happen to Asian Americans in this country, but predominantly by black Americans. Yes. Um, it, it, it's, it's just the statistics 
I'm not saying that doesn't that other races don't do things to Asians or vice versa or whatever. Yep. Yep. I'm just telling you what the stats are. Okay. Right. And you see these videos, um, and, and especially when the pandemic came out. Remember all the one all, all the ones that were getting accosted in the streets yes. by black men yes. in New York City? Yes. I mean, come on. Let's let's not let's not kid around here. That is the truth and reality. And the and the you know the sad part is CV, these are attacks that are happening on a, a weekly to daily basis at this point. Yeah, I've never met a black person. I've never seen a white person. I think we're all different shades of the same color. We are. But you know, it's it's easier for China to win gold when they are locking up competitors from other nations for being tested COVID positive. I saw a video of some beautiful blonde. I think she was Polish skier locked up for weeks in China for being supposedly COVID positive. She had no symptoms. She was perfectly healthy, but she was being tortured and humiliated in solitary confinement, served the same bad meal repeatedly. And she was crying her eyes out. I don't know how she was able to uh, send a video out to her social networking, but uh, it was it was totally heartbreaking. It's sickening, and you know we were talking about this with Reggie Littlejohn right now. Um, you know, don't watch it. They're not. What's happening here with China and the Olympics? You might say, yeah, well, we we agreed to that years. Ago. You know, we can't we can't go back on it. First of all, yes, we can. Second of all, they are their practices that they're pulling right now, and the um. The odds we're having with them, whether it's this administration or whether we have a, a an administration that actually fights back when we had Donald J. Trump in office, who should still be in office, thank you very much, Brian, is that um, they should have pulled the Olympics. This is, we always said never again with Hitler. Well, obviously that d- doesn't mean much anymore. Wow, I mean, come on. I mean, if you don't like downhill skiing with three nuclear reactors in the background, then you're just then you're just then you're just not that woke, buddy. I mean, you know, nothing nothing says communism like a like a nuclear backdrop on the slopes, you know. You convinced um, me. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, they should have, they should have boycotted it. They should have not gone. I mean, um, the American team should have not gone. I think that they, um, they, they, these athletes don't have to go. No, you know, they could have all, they could have all boycotted it, and the U.S. team or or, or enclave to uh, China could have just been empty. To be fair, the, with that but, site, but there. with that site that uh, Reggie Littlejohn provided with the um, Stop the Genocide Games, uh, there are actually a list of athletes who did just what you said. One of them, I can't think of his name right now, plays for the Boston Celtics, and he said this that he not only would not be attending, he wouldn't be watching, and as of now, he's uh, he's really stepping out and speaking against the violence and the genocide. That's happening in China. So there are some, but of course the media doesn't talk about it, CV. And China's tactics of throwing it, throwing political dissidents into prison, into their gulags, is being replicated here under the Biden regime. No surprise there because the Biden regime loves the CCP and they're pretty much uh, 
work, they work hand in glove. And you know, uh, what well, what I'm talking about is they they just declared war the other day on anybody who is sowing uh, distrust in the government and uh, claiming that the election was stolen and questioning the vaccine mandates. All all of us are supposed to be terrorists now. But uh, the other thing is that China supports BLM and Antifa and calling anybody, anybody who wants lower taxes and fiscal responsibility is somehow a racist which I don't see the connection, but that's what they want. They they're trying to divide us, and they want. And if they had if they had their way, they are infiltrating our government. They would throw us all in in prison. Oh, I know that's going to happen. If they ever get to that uh, that juncture, that's exactly what they do. Now, listen. I want to tell everybody right now, uh, Mr. Swoop from Swoop's World's on the line. We're going to bring him on. We're starting a, a topic of discussion with Swoop about if Jesus returned today. Don't go anywhere, 94.9 Swoop next, and then us back, and then you're out of here. Freedom on deck on 94.9 News Network. to Freedom on Deck 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk. Thursday morning, I got the real late, late call into the Lee Elsie show while Gordon and Christine and Lee were closing out the show. And I called in and I asked them what it would be like today if Jesus Christ returned. Maybe it would be somebody that you weren't expecting. Let's put it that way. And I asked the host of the wonderful Swoops World... What if Jesus came back today? What would be the world reaction? What would be the Washington, D.C. political reaction? What would be the media reaction? And what would be our reaction, Swoop? So you tell me, what do you think that would be like? You know, I pondered this, and uh, I don't think it would be grander scale but i don't think it'd be much different than the first time around i think i think he's gonna get you know he'd get pushback from a lot of people i think i I do think that he would uh he would challenge a lot of the uh so-called mega christian uh ministers is wondering if Mm -hmm. they're actually preaching the gospel or, or 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 going against uh what his beliefs are i think he'd be uh uh canceled by uh, by by certain uh, part of the left um you know and they, they you know they wouldn't like some of the things he's saying they wouldn't like uh um you know some of the things he's doing um i think uh some of the stuff that uh, you know he'd be he'd be um you know you take twitter and and, and youtube and things like that and would I, he I get think- would he get a blue check mark swoop <laughs> 
I'm sorry. You know, I think, I, I think it, 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 it depends on depends on what he's talking about that day. <laughs> you know, I you know, and I gotta say, man, what you said is exactly how I feel. I think it would be a lot like it was the first time around. Obviously, the dynamic would be different with media, but I I felt this way. There would be people on both sides that believe, and then there would be people on the other side that would uh, you know try to destroy him. And I think would probably ultimately end up the same way that it did the first time around, albeit maybe not a crucifixion. But um, and you know, if it's Jesus of the Jesus that we know from the Bible, he's not going to come out and start moving mountains for you. No, I think he'd have a sense of humor. I think he'd, uh, you know, he has a mission, and he's going to go out and 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 and, and teach and preach uh, and share uh, and heal. I think that you're going to get, you know, you're going to get a big pushback from um, certain people that are going to call him a charlatan and things like that. And you're going to get a pushback from people that decided that, that he doesn't uh, preach the correct religion in the way we believe it should be. We, we believe it should be taught. I think he's going to challenge. He would definitely challenge a lot of our politicians. I mean, you know, how, you know, like he threw the, uh, the, the, the gamblers and the taxpayers out of the temple. And I think that the same thing is going to happen to uh, not taxpayers, uh, tax collectors. I think the same thing would be uh, uh, similar to a lot of our politicians because, you know, what they're out there doing lots of times is not beneficial to the people. It's not what he would want to see. Um, but I, I think uh, ultimately it would end up pretty much the same way. I think there's going to be a group of people that are going to turn on him. Something bad's going to happen, whether or not they put him in prison for life or, or do like they're doing in D.C. with the, with the, some of these people that are just being incarcerated with no charges against them, just sitting there waiting. Right. I think that's what would ultimately end up. I think, though, that uh, there's a lot of people that would find his mes- message, you know, redeeming and and would follow him and and would pick up you know pick up uh you know his 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 teachings and and try to share the same teachings you know it's wild and i've swoop hosted swoops world you can check it out on iHeartRadio, all the other major podcast handlers and i'll provide the link of course like i always do but uh swoop you know the person that first said this and i i said it this morning of course with i mean on thursday with lee's show it was actually Ozzy Osbourne, believe it or not, who asked what would happen if Jesus returned, and that was the reaction. He was on a show with his son, his son's the ones that was like, well, there'll be people on both sides. And I think that's true, but it it almost seems like an impossible thing. Like the way the world is today, even for me, if that somebody came out and said, I'm Jesus, I've been here the whole time, it's like that... Um, I forgot her name, but she sang a song called What If God Was One Of Us? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it, and really the lyrics say he's sitting on a bus. You don't know who he is. He doesn't have all these magical powers. And that's what I want to ask more so than anything. What would it mean for you? How would you be able to accept this as the son of God, Jesus is back? Or would it, would it take you time? What do you think about like your own personal thoughts into this question? You know, it's interesting because of the times we live in, right? The times we live in and the access to so much information and things like that, I think it naturally make things makes us make us skeptical. Uh, I think a lot, you know, especially since the uh, the World Wide Web opened up, and I mean, how many times we read articles or, or heard about things and, and it turned out not to be true. I think, though, you know, with Jesus 
there's people we meet in life, you know, and, and you and you talk to and you and you you understand their heart and mm-hmm. the, and then and their beliefs, and and whether or not you wholeheartedly go all in on what they're saying and what they what they believe in, you know where they're coming from. And I think, uh, just like people choose their spiritual leader now, just you just you decide which church you want to go to or, or attend. You know, a lot of it has to do with the way the message is being delivered. And I think that'd be the same thing. I don't think you automatically jump to him being the son of God. I think you find him, um, you know, spiritual, uh, talking about things you believe in, uh, you, you accept his teachings. And I think it would probably be over a time period where you might just one day just say, you know what, this is, is it's a good possibility. This, this is, this is Jesus. This is the son of man. It's the same, you know, in the teachings of the Bible. And, of course, you know, this question is not to be divisive. I know Christians, Muslims, Jews, and uh, atheists, and they all can chime in. If you guys are listening out there and and you have a personal opinion on all this, you can certainly send me some emails, comment on the show, on the post, and I'll be more than willing to read all those uh, thoughts out. But the reason I use Jesus Swoop is because... I think that's the most polarizing uh, figurehead that we we have in all backgrounds of religion. Because although the Jews don't think he was the son of God, and the Mo- the Muslims believe he was a prophet, but Jesus is in all those books. He is talked about in every book. So the fact of whether he's son of God, the man in the uh, beliefs of the Jews or the Muslims or the Christians really isn't why I'm asking this question. My question is for the purpose of saying the son of God with the right message, would we destroy him? Well, you know, the thing is, is, is it's, it's a good possibility we would, but you know, you have to look at, you know, you have to take this all in context. You look at people who, who've come and, 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 claim that fame i mean you know you, you look at jim jones you look you know we've seen yep. we've seen the travesties that uh, that um come with somebody claiming to be uh you know the second coming or or or, or you know or god themselves or whatever and and, and all the uh the horror that it followed you know people following them so i think people are much more skeptical now um I mean, I'm only going by what I've read in the past, and I, you know, I didn't live it during those times. But I think because of all the, the information we have now, I think a lot of a lot of people are more skeptical things, and some of the things we've seen over the last, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years, uh, you know, charlatans and things like that. I think people are going to be more skeptical, but I do think that, you know, there there is an opening uh, for people to to accept, like you said, they might not accept them as the son of God, but they might, they would definitely, uh, there's an opening for them to accept his teachings and his beliefs and, uh, and, and follow, and follow uh, some of his, some of his, uh, some of his teachings and, 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 and study under him. So I don't, I don't doubt that there would be uh, pushback on some, some sides, but I think there is, he could still uh, uh, attract a large number of people to, to his way of thinking and his, uh, his, his way of teachings. I'm glad that you keep bringing away Swoop from Swoop World, and we only have a, a couple seconds anyway. But I think what you said right there is so important, that it would be hard for us to digest this because we get lied to every day. And isn't that the whole point? Isn't that what the devil would want us to do? So it's like this, it's like a crazy balancing act with this question. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you have to dig deep, wouldn't you? 
you, you you know the thing is 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 digging deep is uh, is what is what we all should be doing on, on every subject that's coming across us in these days, and and and, and sharing those thoughts with each other in a, in a nice, calm, uh, uh, relevant discussion, and maybe we can uh, maybe we can improve uh, maybe we can improve before he comes back. <laughs> I think I think we can only improve before he comes back. Hopefully, hopefully. Listen, my man, my man, Swoop, tell everybody where to go check the show out um, and uh, anything else you have. Yeah, just check out swoopsworld.com and, uh, you know, all of our past shows are there. And uh, anything that new pops up shows up there. And you can also find us on Facebook. My good buddy, Keith Lewis. Swoop, of course, host of Swoops World. Stick here on 94.9 News Now and stimulating talk box news. Radio. Why'd you choose such a backward time on such a strange land? If you'd come today, you would have reached the whole nation. Israel and 4 BC have no mass communication. Alright, everybody, welcome back to the show. Freedom on Deck 949 News Now and Stimulating Talk. Volleying off the conversation I just had with Swoop, this was a conversation that started up on the Lee Elsie show on Thursday because I called in and I presented the question, what if Jesus returned today? Now, it can come about any way that you want. Let's say it kind of comes about present day in the same manner that it did then. So it's not Jesus just falls out of the sky. Uh, It is he's born, he comes, he raises, he... He starts to do some things, and the government doesn't like it. And then all of a sudden, you have some sides uh, probably that would say something in, in the effect of he's insane, he's a uh, uh, crazy right-winger. And the other side, maybe there would be another side that would believe. So, Brian, Jesus returns today. Now, you don't know who the guy is. You don't know if he's telling the truth or what. What kind of reaction would you have to somebody making that claim today? Um, well, I mean, it's Jesus hard. said that in, in, in those days that many would come in his name, mm-hmm. you know, yep. uh, in the end days. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's only one way. I mean, I hate to burst your uh, question bubble, but there's only one way that Jesus is returning, and that's... Um, and that is in the clouds, and um, and the Bible describes it in detail. And every human being, probably every living creature on the earth, is going to tremble. Right. I know. Uh, I, I but let me jump so, in. Let so me jump in real quick. So I, it's, go ahead. The question, obviously, I understand when Jesus comes, what's happening. I'm asking a hypothetical of how would this, our country, and our society deal with Jesus coming forward, doing these things that maybe are against the government, but healing the you know, washing the feet of this and the whole thing, the whole mind. And, and you, how you, would he so be you're treated? Essentially saying like if if Jesus came into the world today the first time. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, if that's the case, uh, I think we would treat him even worse right. than when he came the first time around. Okay. I think this world is terrible. I think we are we are uh, we're just terrible people. We're liars. We are blasphemers. We are we we mock each other. We are not patient with each other. We're just terrible human beings to each other. I agree. I, I think even more so than I think people 
during Jesus' time, though they crucified him, and let's and be straight, it was it was the uh, it was the religious leaders of that time, mm-hmm. the uh, of the Sanhedrin that killed him. But the people people had respect for one another. You didn't do certain things. I mean, certain certain things were were you know were a serious offense, and they and 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 to think of those things today, it's just like. Yeah. People do that all the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Turn their backs on somebody. Yep. You know, you didn't turn your back on people. Hey, C- <laughs> you know? so CV, um, same question. Uh, I want to get uh, what you think the our society would be reacting like, the globe. And what about you? What would you be thinking? Well, if he came for the first time today, we have to assume that he would be treated similarly to the way he was treated the the time he really did come back then. And we should compare what happened to him in the first century. It was, if you look at the Shroud of Turin, and I know the, the media likes to cover this up. They don't like to report on it. But if, if you study the, the, pr- the properties of the Shroud of Turin, it's scientific evidence that this man was crucified. He had a, a, a crown of thorns put on his head, nailed through his hands and his feet, beaten to a bloody pulp mm-hmm. and and then they laid a cloth on him and then uh his body resurrected and left an image on the cloth that it's impossible that that it was forged because there's no paint there's right. no paint there's no lines there's no coloring it's the the, the fibrils of the fibers are are decayed with radiation so something happened to the body at the moment of resurrection and left a photograph. It's not even a a, a, a positive photograph. It's a negative photograph. So no forger a thousand years ago could have, or 2,000 years ago could have imagined what photography would be like. I know. Yeah. Because the only, way, the only way you could see the image is by taking a picture of it and reversing it into a negative, thereby making it a positive so you could actually see his body at the moment of resurrection. It's phenomenal. It is fun, and you know it is crazy, uh, Brian. The, the the shroud. It's exactly like CV. It said it's like this uh, a negative of a picture. You see it. It's obviously the a proof that that he was there and he rose. It is. I yeah. mean, you know, um, I, I didn't need to see a shroud in order to believe that or to know that that happened. You know what I'm saying? And there are millions, uh, billions, <laughs> I should say. Um, Christianity is the largest um, uh, belief in the world. Uh, 2.8 billion people, I believe it is. But, you know, um, it is amazing that we have things like the Shroud of Turin and, and whatnot. But um, I think you don't have to look any farther than the Bible. You know, I think if people today were to take uh, the Bible seriously, get into the word and really uh, give their lives to God. I think that um, you would see a different society, not just in this country, but globally in the world. Yeah, I I would agree with you 110%. And I think we're all kind of in agreement with our, our thoughts. That's what I said. The same thing that, uh, that it would be a really bad deal if Jesus were here now for the first time and it wouldn't look good, but and, you know, it's just an interesting thing to kind of volley back and forth because the reason I wanted to ask everybody this 
is I, I want to get everyone's opinion because I want to know where people are spiritually. I, uh, aside from coming on and the election was stolen from us, we know that. The world right now is in disarray. we got war going on. We're about to get into more wars with this uh, administration. That's an absolute joke. And I think sometimes we have to take a step back and look at who we are spiritually and talk about it, CV. You know, I, I don't think people talk about this as much as they should in their daily lives. Yes, they're going to church. Yes, they're, uh, they're, they're speaking about God. But not not in that kind of vein, not the same way that uh, that it that you would if you were a, a really uh, a stout spiritual believer in God and and Jesus Christ. Well, I remember uh, Thomas said, "I I wouldn't believe. I'm not going to believe that he rose from the dead until I put my fingers in the holes in his hands and thrust my hand into his side, and then Jesus appeared in the room suddenly and said, "Here I am. Why don't you put your finger?" In my, put your fingers through the holes in my hands and thrust your hand in my side. And, uh, and then he fell down and said, my Lord and my God. And I have to also mention that not, it wasn't just Thomas who didn't believe. Mm. It, all the apostles did not believe until they saw him. Right. None of them believed because Mary Magdalene came back and said, I saw him. And they, like, they mocked her, all of them. And then they, they didn't believe until they actually saw him. And when he returns again, the scriptures say, every eye shall see him coming in the clouds. Every eye. And they shall see he who they pierced. And every knee shall bow. So it's it's okay to believe if you see the evidence. There's nothing wrong with seeing evidence to make you believe. Or or maybe you believe without seeing. That's great. But it you know having proof definitely firms up your faith. I'll have to tell you that. Yeah, you know, guys, I'm glad that we talked about this. This is one of those shows that I wish Xander was still around for because I know he, yeah. he would definitely uh, uh, give a good input on, on this situation. Um, let's just try to be a little more like this. For our listeners out there, try to be a little more uh, uh, spiritually inclined. You know, think about these things. Talk about God. Talk about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Talk about what you feel. Tell your friends and your family you love them. Uh, be proud of being a patriot. Be proud to uh, hopefully put our favorite patriot back in office. And I'm talking about the one and only Donald J. Trump. And, of course, be proud of being a Christian. Talk about these things. Don't be ashamed of it. Don't let society stamp down on you. And here on Freedom on Deck, we're always more than willing to listen to you guys. If you guys have something to say, if you guys have something you want to get across to us, don't be afraid to send us multiple emails if you like we always get back to you okay and and any social media too you can you you can reach out to us there as well um thank you to all the guests today alvita king especially of course swoop reggie little john everybody else these two guys here thank you to jesus christ of course for dying for our sins thank you to god for uh putting us here each day that we're above ground it's always a blessing and um Thank you, Donald Trump, because you're going to be getting out in that office again, sir. And thank you to all the listeners. Good good day. Same freedom time. Same freedom station here on Freedom on Deck. God bless America.